free grade 12 English classes connecting community through story. This is the podcast project. Welcome to Through the Years, Connecting Generations with Story. Hi, my name is Maddie Trimmer, and I'm a grade 12 student at Oak Bay High School. Over the last few months, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Carmen McLean, a volunteer at the Monterey Recreation Center. I hope you enjoy her story. So how did you two meet? So I got in touch with the coordinator of the Monterey Recreation Center and asked if she had any seniors that she thought had any really exciting untold stories that would be willing to talk with me. That's how I got to know Carmen and it was really great. Yeah, she was super willing to talk. So very thankful to Leslie. What were your first impressions of Carmen? Carmen is super vibrant and really outgoing. There's never any issues trying to get anything out of her. She was super willing to share information, which was awesome. And she is super involved in her community and just really loves to talk to people, which was perfect for our situation. Never had any awkward moments with her. That sounds good. Was it difficult to formulate conversation with someone you didn't know? Well, like I said, Carmen was really outgoing and that really helped with that. I also like to think of myself as a pretty outgoing person, so I don't usually struggle to have conversations with people, even people I've never talked to before, but uh, between the two of us, we really got to know each other quickly and didn't have any issues okay. talking about, you know, even things that were kind of hard to talk about. Anything else about your interactions with Carmen that stood out? Uh, I think really just that I, it, I'm so appreciative to her about how willing she was to just open up to me and really open up to a total stranger, especially just a kid. And that really made it an awesome experience for me and I hope it was a good experience for her. We just got to know each other really quickly, which was super fun and I hope that our connection goes past this project. So how did you feel going into the interviewing process? Were you nervous at all? Well, I didn't think so. And then we started talking and I ended up forgetting to ask Carmen her name, even though I knew it, but for the recording's sake and she caught my mistake and we laughed about it and it was just a really funny ice-breaking moment where I think our connection really started. Do you know who I am? Carmen. No, but for the podcast. I do. <laughs> that would have been funnier than good. the head. I'll write it down. <laughs> so, Carmen McLean, right? Yeah. That was just funny. <laughs> And here we have the mystery guest. <laughs> Would it be okay if I wrote down your age as well? Sure. Okay, great. So you are 80. 80? Young oh. and sprightly. <laughs> A very young 80. So what are some of the things you've learned about Carmen's life? Well, I learned that Carmen is incredibly outgoing and is really involved in her community. She's moved all over the world, but everywhere she's lived, she's gotten really involved. In Victoria, she volunteers with musical theatre, which is one of the main things she's involved with. And she also volunteers at the Monterey Recreation Centre, which is where I got to know her, and helps with the musical theatre there. She's also involved in exercise class, and she spends lots of time with her family, her husband, and her children. She's really involved with lots of different things. She's very vibrant and outgoing. Did Carmen ever outline any important points about her life? 
yeah, lots. She touched on when and where she was born and a lot about her experiences in different places around the world. So did Carmen talk to you about her main hobbies? Yeah, so her main hobby is really anything to do with musical theatre, whether it's volunteering or participating, but she's really into singing and she said that she has been her whole life and so that's really great. Oh, cool. Was there anything specific about her involvement with musical theatre that you guys discussed? Well, she told me this really great story about when she was younger, um, and so I'll just let her tell that to everybody. So you had said earlier that Carmen moved around quite frequently. Was she involved with musical theatre in every place that she lived? Well, I actually asked her a question very similar. I asked her that if she was able to find a group of people that shared the same interests in her in every place she lived. So yeah, we talked about that quite specifically. So she's still involved? Yeah, she's still really involved. She works closely with the Monterey Centre and um, helps organize performances. And she explained to me that she actually had one coming up and that they were totally ready. So that was really exciting. Cool. I was born in 1937 in Montreal. Oh, wow. Uh, have you been back to Montreal a lot? We lived there for a couple of years during the Expo, oh. which was a wonderful experience. That's good. And your granddaughter lives there, right? She goes to McGill? My granddaughter lives here in Victoria. Oh, I thought you said she went to go to she McGill. Did. Both she did. Okay. Both my granddaughters Passed. went to McGill. She did. Passed. But maybe she did now. One, one is a graduate, and the other one is in her third year. Okay. Um, all right, so when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? I wanted to be in musical theater. So you did a lot of... I did a lot of singing and singing play mainly? acting. And did you play any instruments? No. no? Okay. Um, I was a drama queen. <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and nothing really stopped you doing that. You do that still. So you've done that I've your done whole that. life? I've done that my whole life. I didn't put a name to it then. But in those days, um, in music stores, they'd have a piano and they had sheet music. And people would go in and they'd play the piano and I would go in the store and I would sing the songs that were on the sheet music. And no fear. No, Absolutely totally no fear. Just did it. So, you know, it was there, but I didn't know in those days about drama schools and what programs you could take. Right. But that's what I would that's have done. Okay, Musical well, theater. Never too late. You're still well, doing I'm still doing exactly. it. Actually, we're performing um, here for the volunteers with a group here called the Notables Singing Group, and uh, we're performing. Uh, they're they're having a volunteer luncheon, and we are the main show. We are the main show. When is it? It's this Thursday. Oh, that's great. That's so exciting. And it's all the '60s, so we're all dressed like. Are you all ready? Oh yes. Wonderful. That's exciting. Um. Were you able, because you moved around a lot, were you able to find kind of a group of people that were interested in the same thing as you, like with musical theater everywhere you lived? Well, we lived in Kenya for two years, and there were a lot of British expats there, and they're very much into drama and theater. And so I went with a friend, uh, she was auditioning for Kismet, the musical Kismet, and I was there, and the director said, well, here, give it a try. So I did, and I got a part in Kismet, oh, which was a big deal amazing. there. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, it kind of it caught me in different places. Well, that's amazing. I bet you met so many 
interesting different people totally different people in all the countries we've lived in and because um, we've lived out of Canada for about 13 years okay and we've lived in every province in Canada every ex province except just two Saskatchewan and New Brunswick all the others we've lived in for two years each That's so interesting which one was kind of your favorite to live in um, my favorite I guess would have been well Montreal was Montreal. It was it's fun, and it was an expo city. year. And yeah, it was, it was great. It's so great, and yeah, I don't know. It's just a very lively city. It's a, it's alive, and and the two cultures at that time, mm -hmm. uh, there was no problem. You know, exactly, and, and it was very. Good. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it is now. I think no. it's kind of subtle. Yeah. A little bit. So where has Carmen lived throughout her life? Well, that would take me a while to explain because she's lived really all over the world, so I'm just going to let her explain that, and she really touched in detail on that in her interview. Yeah. So we go through all the places you've lived, so we were born in Montreal, and, and then my family, my mom and stepfather moved to Hamilton, where he was a, funnily enough, he's a musician, singer more country than anything, okay. whereas I was more classical, which was kind of a funny mix. And um, so when I was just turned 18, 18 in a day, I, I joined the uh, medical division of the Royal Canadian Air Force. And I got wonderful training that's been so good for with having four children. I don't panic at a lot of medical situations. And you're usually there for about three years before you get posted somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I was only there a year and I got posted to Marville, France. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so, off to France I went <laughs> at 18 and I mean, I traveled there. I went to Spain, I went to Tangier, all on my own at 18. Wow. Well, I would have been 19 by then. Right. And, and that was in the 50s, so it wasn't that, you know, you went by ship, you didn't fly anywhere. Yeah. Anyway, I did a lot of traveling and Tangiers was my most exciting place. And then, um, as I was working in the hospital, I walked into a room one day and there were three young airmen and they all had the mumps. And I took one look at this one and I felt instantly in love. <laughs> and um, so The love story begins. And so my story begins. We got married in France. The mayor came from the field. How old were you when you got married? I was 20. Okay. Just turned 21, actually, uh, four weeks after I got married. Okay. And Paul was 23. Neither one of us were really ready to get married because we had quite an exciting, you know, where was our next posting going to be? Mm -hmm. But it didn't matter. You were like in love. It was like Prince Harry and, and <laughs> Sparkle Markle. <laughs> and so, uh, so from there, we, we we're posted back, well, we spent four years living in Belgium and France. And then we came back to Canada and we were in Comox, so we were British Columbia. And, and then we moved from there all across. And our last posting, I think the worst posting, was Rivers, Manitoba. It was in the middle of nowhere. Not many people? Not many people, little train that came in. And from there, we went to Goose Bay, Labrador, which <laughs> we used to have to line up for food. 
the aircraft would come in once every two weeks with lettuce and fresh fruit. And so we'd switch with other couples. I'll give you six heads of lettuce for some oranges. Yeah. Oh, goodness. But it was probably the most interesting two years. Yeah. I learned how to snowshoe. Wow. I did. And um, we had winter carnival, and everybody was super, super wonderful because you're a very small group. Right. And I even had a son born. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, and so he he was born there and then... And from there, it, from there, we went to uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Okay. And then my husband got out of the military and he joined the Canadian International Development Agency and they posted us to Uganda. And um, Uganda, at that time... It was really perilous because Idi Amin was soon to be president there. And the dangers were, it was extremely dangerous for a family. So they sent us to Nairobi, and it was the best two years of our lives. Yeah. We traveled from there. That's when we went to Sri Lanka, and we did all these different things. So it, it was great, and it was a wonderful experience for the children. Have you gone back to Nairobi? Oh, many times. Oh, that's good. In, in, you know, past years. It's yeah, yeah. too long a trip now. Oh, it's uh, so And far. my daughter, she ended up, she's a lawyer, she ended up going back there, got married there, and stayed there for 25 years. Wow. And now they're, now they're in UK. Right. That's amazing. Um, and then, so how did you end up in Victoria? What was the... Family. Family. I have a, so I have one daughter in Texas who's married to a film producer who did the Twilight series. Really? And I even got, my husband and I got to go to the premiere of the Twilight series. Wow. With the royal wave as we walked down the red carpet. That's amazing. And that That's was so cool. That we did that. And so she's in Texas, married to a film producer. And then uh, my other daughter was in Kenya and is now in the United Kingdom. But I have a daughter here. Uh, who's at the University of Victoria. She's a, a, in, um, a student advisor. Okay. And um, and my son is in Langford. So we have two here. That's great. But we also have four grandchildren here. So that's a big We're draw. Family. Yeah. Family's so important. Wow, she really is a great story. Did she ever touch on which was the most influential place that she lived? Yeah, she did. So she had lots of different places that were really influential throughout her life. But um, from what she told me, I think it was in France when she met her husband. But I'll let her explain that a little bit more in detail. So I did something that wasn't very uh, looked at very kindly in those days. I joined the Royal Canadian Air Force, but I joined in the medical corps. And I got a great uh classes in, in medical and, and after uh, oh, only a short time they sent me to France and I had all this medical backing and I was working now in the hospital in France and so I got to see part of the world and uh, all from that defining moment of saying I can do this I'm going to do it on my own and I did it yeah that's amazing much to my parents dismay <laughs> really they well didn't, they didn't hey, girl, women in the military were not looked on very kindly. Right. And but being in the medical corps it kind of softened the blow a bit. Mm -hmm. And when I met my husband, he was a patient. So I mean it was very yeah. defining. Totally. Yeah.
One thing I asked Carmen was what her biggest accomplishment in life was, and her answer was absolutely heartwarming. What do you feel is your biggest accomplishment? Well, my, my biggest accomplishment, of course, is, are my four children. And, and I, I think I mentioned they were born in different places. One was born, the first one was born in Germany. The second one was born in BC. The third one was born in Quebec. And the fourth one was born in Labrador. <laughs> so they are my biggest accomplishment when I see how wonderful they've, they've grown. And, they've, and they are so wonderful to their own family now, to their own children. It just fills me with pride. Do you think the connection you two have made will go beyond this project? I really hope so. Um, we've met a few times and I really hope that we keep meeting and just having coffee together and I hope it's a connection that is stronger than just because we needed some help with this project. I've really gotten to know her well and I've really enjoyed getting to know her and I think that she's gotten to know me pretty well too. So I, I'm super excited that we have connected as well as we have. And I hope that we stay connected even though next year I'm going to university. I hope that we uh, stay connected beyond that. It's great to hear. So what other takeaways do you have from this experience? Well, I asked Carmen one piece of advice she would give to your students graduating high school. And she said, take a gap year and travel and also get off your cell phone so it's very true we need to sometimes just put our phones away and look up and that really stuck with me because I spend a lot of time with my grandma and it just made me realize how important the human connection really is and if you have advice for seniors graduating high school this year um, and going out into the real world what would be one thing you tell them I think them. from my experience with my children, mostly my grandchildren, is taking that gap year and traveling, because usually you travel in groups and you know somebody who knows somebody else somewhere. And I think that just expands your world and then you're, you come back and you're ready to really get into the studies and do whatever, unless you have something specific that you want to do. Right. But um, I found this is the growth in them has been amazing and you also know my feelings about texting <laughs> I know sometimes kids That's just need hard. to put their phone down and just live in the moment and talk to the person that they're in and front of instead of yeah. at their phone also and I think I mentioned this before is for younger kids to take time not necessarily with their parents because they're usually 18, 19 and that's kind of like a different mm -hmm. stage. With their grandparents. A lot of kids, young people I should say, they're not kids, they don't uh, seem to have the time to just pop in and just hello or... Because I mean, you know, Dude, what are you going to say? Yeah. It's hard, like, well, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. Well, what we've done is we've said to our grandkids, let's meet once every month, two months, Let's have brunch together. Yeah, that's perfect. That's and really that works good way to for do us. It. But if we left it up to them, <laughs> yeah, you know, we wouldn't. And and I hear a lot that have said, "I wish I would have known more about my grandparents." Yeah, and it's that's, hard. Yeah, that's that's my advice. Perfect. 
And another big part of this project for us as high school students is the connections we've made. And I mean, for you and I, I found we connected right away and we're both really outgoing and you were so willing to open up to us. So that was so amazing. And how, what's your experience with it? Can you give us a little bit of insight oh, on that? I think that uh, young kids, and, and when I say young kids, I'm talking about the grade 12 yeah. Yeah, seniors. Um, I think that the mostly you hear all the bad things about them. Mm -hmm. They do this, they do that. Well, I find that they are great. You always, within, within any group, you're going to find your great kids. And um, I just think that young yeah. people are, are super. Um, I mean, we've gone to Obey when our grandkids were there, and we've seen what they've done for fundraising, like oh, yeah. shaving your head and all that. I mean, these are really good, good people in my mind. And, and I wish they wouldn't focus so much on the little rabble-rousers, yeah. which are very small when you compare I know. all That's the good ones. That's what So people always focus on kind of the negative parts of all things the instead of the positive. And it's, but everything and I think there's, is a little bit like that. Yeah. That's what I find. There's mm -hmm. so much positive among them. I look at my grandkids' friends who are your age and your ages, and they're lovely. You know, they, they're very supportive of each other, and they're in contact with each other all the time, <laughs> but I think that's so I would like to sincerely thank Carmen McLean for helping us out in this project and for so generously volunteering her time to talk with me and tell her story, as well as thank the Monterey Centre event coordinator who got Carmen and I in touch. None of this would have been possible without you. Thank you. Before we end, we just want to give a quick shout out to Twisted Wave. Thanks for listening to the podcast project. Tune in next time to follow us through the years.